Welcome, Nomads, to the Hajj Podcast, a journey through food, travel, and music, where we will feature special guests from our circular friends in the music scene. We'll talk about our travels, their story, and share a meal, the most common language in the world, food. I'm your host, Freddie. And I'm Philip, podcasting live from beautiful West Anaheim, California, Adulthood Studios. Hello, yasas, parev, marhaba, hola, glitno. Our first guest on our first official The Hodge podcast is a man that everybody in the Southern California music, music scene knows and loves. He is none other than the Sal of salsphotos.net, the photographer that we all see at the local shows, documenting and sharing his thousands of photos with all of us weekly. Welcome, Salvador J. Baxter, a.k.a. Sal, Big Sal, a.k.a. <laughs> Mr. Sal's Photos. How are you today? Hello, Sal. I'm, I'm doing good. All, all those people are doing great. <laughs> How is it being so many people in one head? It's sometimes it's confusing, but at home I can keep it straight because I have different mirrors for different faces. Oh, different? Yeah. How does that work? I, I have a, well, when I walk into the living room, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person I really don't like to see that guy. Your hair's all messed up. His hair's all, yeah, it's all messed up. The guy in the bathrooms, the guy in the bathroom, he, he transforms into uh, Salvatore J. Baxter. And, and by the time I see the, the mirror in my rear view mirror in my, uh, in my car, that's that's sells photos because I can see sells photos wearing a shirt. <laughs> right. I think I've seen all those. I'm already confused. All those all those uh, sells faces versions versions of faces of sells. 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 All right. So uh, although we know you very well, uh, some of our listeners might not. And instead of doing a Google bio search of you and telling the world who you are, uh, we'd rather just uh, get it from you yourself. So. Um, Let's start from the beginning. Where were you born, and what's one thing about your family background that sticks out the most? Uh, born, I was actually born in Kansas City, Missouri, which a lot of people don't know that. Um, we were just there. The only reason why is because my mother couldn't decide to, if she wanted to stay married to the same man, and she remarried him three times, and she kept going back and forth between Missouri and California. Because my older brother was born in California, I was born in Missouri. My younger brother was born in California, oh, so one she one. bounced back. So, in between divorce, she married the same man three times. What? <laughs> well, she did. I have not heard this one. No, uh, she, she didn't know. In fact, my father didn't even know that my younger brother even existed because uh, he took off before he even know that she. She didn't even know she was pregnant when he took off the last time. So, he didn't find out until like fifteen years later. So so, where's? Uh, I'm glad she at least made the second trip back to Missouri because I wouldn't have been born. That's true. Yeah. And uh, so, where? What about uh, the background of? Uh, you, you, we know your Italian background, mafioso. Yeah, exactly. Lots of uh, yeah. uh, murderers and uh, lots of lots of mafia. Drugs. That's lots lots of mafia in my family. Um, There's uh, they ran they they were bootleggers back in the. Prohibition days, and they ran alcohol under the ground, and and they had tunnels uh, dug in their basements down to the down below their basement level, and dug out to the storm drains where they traveled underground in, in the storm drains. Would you say that background translated to your teenage life? Well, I didn't know that stuff existed until after I, I was over eighteen years old. But but because, somehow it still carried on to your teenage years. That uh, mentality. I kind of came by that naturally. I, I was doing stuff that <laughs> I know I some didn't things realize. about Sal that nobody really knows. Uh, we know some things about Sal that uh, the, that have not been publicized. So maybe we shouldn't say much more than that. I don't have a problem with it. It's all it's all in the past. That's true, and, and it's all over. You know, it's all. Actually, why don't you tell us tell the world how your last uh, when you buried your 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 past uh, when you were about eighteen. You're talking about the uh, the stuff I did before I uh, turned 18? Yes, and, 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 then, and you buried it. I yeah. buried it in my mother's backyard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you want me to tell people that I was a criminal? Oh, I didn't say I mean, that. It's a good story. You, you well, just said that. I was a criminal. I, I was uh, I was a thief. Uh, I was in, uh, in nothing to be proud about. Uh, I retired when I was 18. I buried all my tools in my mother's backyard over in uh, Gardena, and uh, it's still there. 
less the people. Is the, the house still there? The house is still there, but it's buried in the backyard. Oh, I wonder if they found that or not. Uh, they have to dig down about three feet, so oh. I don't think they're going to be digging. No, I think so. You have experience digging feet under? <laughs> I, I dug a lot of stuff in <laughs> I dug a lot in my mother's backyard. I dug a hole about eight feet deep. And uh, it, when it rained in the wintertime, it, they, it was underneath the uh, shed, and the shed fell into the hole when it was raining, which was kind of funny. Oh, the shed fell into the hole? Yeah, well, it was raining that- out, and my father and I were looking, my stepfather and I were looking out the back window to see how much it was raining, and, uh, and uh, we were looking at the shed, and, and the shed started moving, and he, and he oh looked at God. me and said, did that shed just move? I said, yes. He says, why did it move? I said, because I dug a hole underneath it. He says, how big of a hole? I said, it's the whole size of the shed, eight feet deep. And he asked me where I put all the dirt at. I said, I threw it over the fence into the neighbor's yard between the house and the and the block wall. <laughs> so why did you make this hole that's as big as the shed? Because I had a place, I had a room below the oh, ground. Oh, you did like a hole I, in the ground like bunker. Like I'm saying, I had, I had a little bunker and I came by that naturally because my family was doing stuff like that back in Missouri when they were... Hiding so you're gonna me. get in trouble if you didn't. Did you get in trouble? Well, I guess the yeah, I got in trouble. <laughs> How old were you? I was uh, 13 years old, maybe 12. Yeah. Message. Yeah. Message. If I somebody wants to, to talk to Sal, yeah, oh, let's I, give it a second. Let's Sal answer this. No, I'm no, I ain't gonna I'm answer. It's just a, it's just an alert. I'm okay, gonna sh- I'll shut this thing off here. So uh, there's that last question. You want to ask that right there? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, we talked about the cultural background. Uh, well, so how do you, like, so with part of this travel thing and uh, the, the nomads thing that we were people and stuff, so how do you connect to your cultural background? The, like, how do you connect to it? Is there a connection that, that you, you feel? As far as being Italian? Oh, when would, yeah, I guess that's your... Not right? just Italian, but as far as, like, your, your family. Well, doesn't have to be Italian, just... Well, that's what he is. A lot it is, yeah. Well, the thing is, I was born out here in California, uh, in, not California, but I was born in Missouri, but when I came to California, my mother was, uh, uh, she was sent out here to take care of my grandmother because she had asthma and hay fever and she wasn't able to stay in Missouri. So the basically the, the mob, the, the mafia bought a house for my grandmother and my mother was out here to take care of of my grandmother, and then she started raising us out here in California. So did you? Did you? Did you learn? Like, or did you? Did you do things that you don't? You know, that you know, Italian things that like you still use or like traditions? Maybe my grandmother. Remember my grandmother. We used to eat over at my grandmother's house every every uh, Sunday, and she'd make homemade uh, pasta. And, nice. And she had like big bread boards or big boards that she covered the bed up, and she made it in her bedroom. Nice. And, oh, it's uh, got to be soft or something? No, oh. she had these boards that she lay on her bed, so the bed, the she surface the was space. a big, big space to make a lot of pasta for a lot of... A food. lot of pasta. Yeah, because there was... I had two step, real stepbrothers. I had two stepbrothers and, and two real brothers, so it was five boys. And then, uh, so there were seven of us in the house, and then my mother, my grandmother, and my grandfather. My grandfather made wine, and my stepfather made beer. And uh, that's where I started drinking... When I was young, so what else do they have with the pasta? What was like the uh, the raviolis and the and meatballs and and the homemade uh, pizza, which oh nice, f- fucking was un- unreal. They have like a wood oven or something or what, or just regular oven? A regular oven, yeah. But uh, there was none of those recipes were ever written down. Um, you need my grandmother's hands for the shape, the shape of her hands <laughs> to like a pinch of this and a pinch of that. It was yeah. all. She never shook anything out of shakers. She always put it in her hand and dropped it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't measure anything. Yeah, exactly. And I do that to this day. I when I do salt, I pour it in my hand and I throw it in plate. So you can see it. And then same with sugar. When I put sugars in my coffee, I pour sugar in my hand. And I dump it into my. Right. <laughs> I do. That was from my grandmother. We couldn't have butter on the table. No butter. My grandfather uh, grew up on a farm in Sicily. Actually, Palermo. And I guess he must have turned butter when he was a kid. I was just like and over he, it. He could, yeah, he, was over, <laughs> he could stand the, the, the smell or sight of butter. So 
when uh, whenever it had time where we had to butter our bread, we always had to butter it below like secretly the, <laughs> below the table line where he couldn't see the so we'd have the bread on our, on our knees and then the butter would have to be basically on the floor or something that we'd set Just it up pass on. it around under the <laughs> yeah we pass it around like <laughs> we're passing shot around. or something yeah beat yeah beat yeah, beet, yeah. <laughs> do they do salads there's a salad yeah with a the, lot of salads with the yeah. pastas or the um, like on the table the usual thing. The what? The like salad? on the usual table, is it like there's a spaghetti? Yeah, all this. All these people, right? Um, the butter on the floor. I got butter. the bread. <laughs> <laughs> the butter would ba- basically be on your seat, you know, in a in a butter dish. You know, you would have to be sitting off to the side That's to funny. have the butter on your table. <laughs> you couldn't put it on the table. You know, if you did, you had to cover it up so my grandfather couldn't see it. That's funny. <laughs> now my grandfather worked in a rock quarry. He drove a, a big. One of the big, huge-ass dump trucks where the wheels were like fucking 10 feet tall. Oh, yeah, right. And, and uh, he hauled rock around in the quarry. Ah. And, uh, That's in Italy or? In no, here. here Missouri? Is, or? Somewhere out here in California. I don't oh. know where it was. One of the quarries out here. Is is that where you probably get? Probably out in Diamond Bar or something. Yeah. Is that where you get your uh, like your construction background? Your uh, No, I, but I knew my stepfather did construction on the side. He was a truck driver, but... He did construction on the side. He was a mason. And so he used to build block walls and f- stuff for people. And so to, my grandfather was a mason, too. And then it injured- he, he, drove the, the, he drove the truck. He was also in the Teamsters Union because he drove the truck, but he was also, he was actually a mason. And then and that interests you when you were a younger kid? or Because or, you always built stuff even as a young kid. That that was really strange. I, I built things because of the pigeons I used to raise as a kid. I started right. raising birds when I was 10 years old. How many uh, birds did you have? I had up over 100 birds in my cage. At one time? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a lot of birds. And, and uh, there was an old man on the next block over um, that was raising, that was flying his birds. And he, he, was a, he was a breeder, but he showed his birds and he raced birds. And um, he caught wind of me raising them as a kid, and he, and he kind of he helped me out. You know, he showed me things to do in my cage. So you built, to do. you built the cages and well, oh. I just kept adding on to my cage. I started off with I started off with one bird that I actually found that had a broken wing, and I I taped on some popsicle sticks on the on the, and got the wing. Oh, you weren't even looking for a bird; it just like showed they, up. It found me. Wow, bird that's crazy. Me. Yeah. How old were you then? I was ten when I started doing all this. Yeah, that's and cool. you retired uh, from uh, uh, union when. The union? Weren't you in the union? Yeah, I was in the carpenters union for 34 years. When did you retire? When was your last day on the job in um, the construction world? The last union job site was on, it was Fox Studios. I built a, a parking structure uh, for Fox Studios. In what year was that? Um, about seven or eight years ago. Oh, 2009. Oh, not that long ago. 2009? No, when I, when I started collecting my pension is when my carpenter pension is when I quit, yeah. Oh, that's true. And then, uh, cool. Well, so uh, there's the <laughs> we're going. To, cool. I mean, whatever. No, <laughs> scattered, to, you know, kind of. We're just jumping around here. I now, know it's but, jumping around, but yeah. no, it all kind of ties into Sal, which is uh, another thing that. Well, there's a lot of stuff that people don't know about me. I mean, yeah, they don't know great. that that I lived in. Uh, I was born in Kansas City. They don't know stuff like about my grandfather. Yeah, yeah. And grandma. No. My grandfather actually was murdered. At Victoria Park in Carson, I don't think I know this. Yeah, he uh, he w- he used to go to the park and throw, uh, you know, hang out with a bunch of retired old people, and uh, and they would gamble at the park, and they were throwing like coins to a, a line on the on the sidewalk and stuff, and whoever got closest to the line would keep get the all coins. The ch- keep the coins. That's easy. And uh, he was at the park one day, and, and somebody jumped him, and they hit him over the head with a. With an old uh, with a wine bottle, which was about a half inch thick glass, and he hit him in the head and cracked the skull oh open. Oh my god! And uh, he ended up, they ended up taking him to the hospital. He didn't die at the park, but he he died w- within the week that one week. That's it, crazy. It, it uh, gave him brain damage, and and he ended up uh, those ended old up old school bottles. He was eighty six years old. I mean, what piece of shit was jumping an old eighty six year old man in a park? Was, That's crazy. You know, I know my grandfather fought. He didn't. Uh, you know, he must have fought. He had whoever to. Well, who it was, and they of just course. hit him. Were they know, drinking? Probably. Would he drink? My what grandfather. Yeah, 
He drank a glass of wine at, at, at the table every night of his life. And, and in the morning, his first drink in the morning would be a glass of wine with an egg in it. No with way. A raw, with a raw egg in it, yeah. And he lived for... I he mean, was 80, he was 86 years old. So he would have lived until 100 probably if he didn't get murdered. He, yeah. So what? You get a glass of wine and you just break the egg and you crack drink? an egg in it and put it. It right has away. to be a good, yeah. fresh, farm raised egg. Not, exactly. Well, yeah, not a course. white bleached Costco egg. I mean, yeah. you're not going to die, but it's not going to do anything. No. The the wine was was a trip because uh, I That's had access to, I had access to the wine at an early age, and I didn't start drinking until I was like 12. And you know the old barrel. Oh, well, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Well, the uh, uh, the big barrel that you see on the I Love Lucy, where Lucy's stomping on the grapes, like she, it's a yeah. big six foot round. We do barrel. that in Cyprus. Yeah, yeah. My grandfather had one in the backyard. Wow, and, and, uh, just made his wine. Right and there. they used to make their wine in the backyard, and and, and uh, I used to dip into it with a, you know, I don't know where Spatula it was, but I remember dipping into it with a with a cup. Nice and drinking out of it. My father. Made beer and he put it underneath the house in court, cool. court sized cases. Okay. Court sized bottles all in cases all underneath the house. And in the summertime, they would blow up. And then, <laughs> too hot. And uh, I had a thought one day, I heard one blow up and I said, you know, if I just take an empty bottle and put a new cap on it, put it back in a case and smash it, I could take a bottle out and drink it. So that's what I did. Or replace it with a smash. The, oh, yeah, his capper, her bot- his bottle capper, my stepfather's bottle <laughs> capper was in the garage. So I, I would just take a, <laughs> a, a whole quart of a beer out because I knew they blew up every so often. And, it, and every couple of weeks I'd take a quart out and I'd drink it. And then I would just leave a little bit in the bottom of the thing, recap it, and then break it in the case so it looks like it exploded in the case. This all started when you were 12? Yes. All this? Yes. Yeah. Well, at, at 10 years old, I was breaking up kilos of marijuana because there was a dealer that lived on the block. There was actually two dealers that lived on the block. Was that like a secret thing of the family? Like, that was knew? actually... This was in uh, California. In was California. The, the family was, knew or no? That house actually had a basement, which had to been handmade after the fact. It was clay or something? No, it wasn't clay. It was concrete, but they dug a structure underneath the house and they poured concrete walls. While the house they, was on they, top? Well, the house was already built, you know, and nobody knew they were doing it. And uh, they had a room down there, and they, they broke up kilos of marijuana. And at 10 years old, I was bagging stuff up as a kid for a couple Wait, of years, from 10 to from, from 10. 10 to 12. I was, How did you get to that? How did you get That's there? crazy. Like, I didn't start smoking at 10. I didn't start smoking until I was 12. Well, who took you there, though? How did you find this job or something? It, it was, <laughs> I hung out with the younger brother of, of, the, of the dealer that was on the block. Okay. He had a young. He had a real younger brother. He was, he was, he was like in his twenty early twenties, and his younger brother was about my age, and so they used me as child labor, breaking, right. up, breaking up kills some marijuana. And then how long did that last for? Uh, about three or four years, uh, from ten to twelve. And I think I went up, up, maybe up to fourteen, and maybe the, fifteen. And clearly, you you went in and out of different schools because of that. Uh, never got in trouble for, for drugs. Um, um, but you were, it, you were a mischievous, mischievous child. Yes. I, you couldn't <laughs> keep me in the classroom. What's the craziest thing you did at school that caused you to get kicked no, out of one of the schools? Um, I, I don't know. A lot of it was fighting, just random stuff. Like there was a, a I remember the eighth grade at Perry junior high were, uh, I told myself I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna punch whoever's in front of me in the face right before I go out the gate for summer of the eighth grade, <laughs> going into the ninth grade. So whoever was, didn't matter who it was, wherever Are it was. Serious? And so when I was walking out the gate, going to summer, summer break, in the eighth grade, yeah, and going into the ninth grade, I tapped on the guy's shoulder and he turned around and I punched him in the face, and then uh, and then I got in my father's truck and went home. I jumped in his truck and. And the uh, first day of the ninth grade, they expelled me. <laughs> oh, they were waiting for you? They were waiting for me, yeah. They, they couldn't do anything because I went to summer. So as soon as the first day of the, of the, when I came back in the ninth grade, they expelled me. And then they sent me, out to, they sent me to another school. And then uh, I remember the fifth grade, I did something like that. There was a guy who was wearing, he had a white shirt on, white pants, a white belt, a white pair of tennis shoes. And there was a sprinkler system that was in the garden that was that was on, 
and the dirt was freshly turned because they pulled the weeds and stuff, so it was mud, and so I pushed them right into the mud, and so that <laughs> white, all that white turned into brown, and I got expelled for that too. That was in high school. That was fifth grade. That was before high school. Yeah, and uh, uh, Gardena, when I went to Gardena High, I got kicked out within the within the first week. They sent me from Gardena to Narbonne, and then <laughs> from Narbonne to Banning, and then they sent me back to Gardena. They didn't even know where I came from. So that was four, I counted four schools there, five schools. Yes. Every school I went to, I've always been expelled. So from, the, from we could talk for hours about your, your, your childhood into your 20s and 30s, because you have thousands of stories. Um, but from there, we're going to fast forward All right. 40 years. Four years? 40 years. 40 years, okay. How'd you change from then to 40 years? 40 years from? When you were 13. No, let's go, let's go forward 55 years. 55 years. Yeah. Up to now? Yeah, all right. basically. <laughs> actually, it all actually had to change. My life had to change when I turned 18. That's when I put everything down, all my criminal activity and all the rotten shit I did, I had to decide to make, uh, to change myself. And I, because everybody who knows you, you're not that person anymore, yeah, obviously. No. Like, you don't hit people, you don't. I mean, I, I, I said at the beginning of this that I was a thief, and I was a thief, and I, and I stole a lot of things, and I, and, and I did rotten things to people. Um, but when I turned 18, I realized, hey, I'm an adult now. I have, can't be doing this stuff anymore. And I had to make a, an effort to change my life, and so things started changing. Though just on your own? On my own, own yeah. On my own, yeah. You think something subconsciously sparked, or you just woke no? Up? I just I, I knew I was a I knew I was a smart kid, and uh, and I knew that I had to put things in order, and uh, I just used my childhood as as to do all the the wild things that I wanted it, to do. It's good you did it before eighteen, yeah. yeah. So what'd you do? What happened at the, like after that? Right, teen, well, I didn't teen. stop the the alcohol and drugs right away. It took a while to stop that because I started at an early age. Um, the year twelve is when there was a lot of things that happened that year. One was my mother, my mother, my stepfather. Actually, let me back that. My grandmother and on my mother's side of the family, and my grandfather on my stepfather side of the family. Uh, both passed away within five hours of each other. Wow! And then, and then, so. My mother had a had a death in her family of, of one of her parents, and my father had a death of one of his parents, all within five hours. And their marriage didn't survive it. Both of them had had a death of a parent. Yeah, it was like, a, and it was traumatic for both of them, and and uh, it, it blew the family apart. And so at then, that age so, too, and at age twelve, when I started doing the well, I didn't do the drugs yet, but then uh, so then they, they ended up divorced out of it. So there was two deaths and a divorce in at the age of 12 mm -hmm. and then I started uh, uh, I started doing drugs at the age of 12 because of all that and also uh, September 20th which was the day after my birthday my favorite band that I listened to uh, died uh, when I got up the next morning he had passed away it was Jimi Hendrix he died in uh, September 20th of 1969 or 70 I think it was 70 and it has that, to be 70 yeah so yeah. that was all the same that was all the same year so I had a death of my my favorite my favorite band that I listened to all the time and then the death of the two of the grandparents and a divorce and I didn't want to go with stay with my mother I wanted to go with my stepfather actually when, my, when he so was he, when he was driving away I tried to jump into the back of the truck before wow that's dramatic to, to, because I wanted to go That's, with them. That'll scar you as a kid. Was yeah. that the first the death experience that kind of twelve? I, or like I, I don't that you know. remember something like that. You know. We're always no. when we're always hanging out. There's always like a death situation, and I was gonna put that in my questions to you was about death. I don't know why, but we're always talking about death for some reason. Yeah. Well, it happens every day. I it mean, does. Yeah. I have a song I'm play. I want to play tonight is is from a band that I was gonna shoot last week. And she passed away before I got a chance to see her. So, also the uh, the really 
one thing that most people don't know, and you guys might not even know that the fact that my, my older brother, which was almost two years older than me, had epilepsy. And uh, he passed away of epilepsy. And today's medicine now, if there, if that medicine existed back when he was alive, uh, he would still be alive to, to this sure. day. Yeah. Because the medicines were different. And uh, the thing about that, during my childhood, I was the first one to get up out of bed when he had his seizures, and he had seizures every night. And uh, somebody had in the family had to be the caretaker to watch over him yeah. every night because... Uh, we couldn't randomly do, oh, well, you get up tonight or you get up the next no, night. You had to. It had to be one person, and I took on that role. So every day of my life, uh, I watched my brother had have a seizure, and I would stay wow. in the room. I'd watch over him, and I'd stay basically behind him where he couldn't see me. Uh, he couldn't see me during the, the seizure, but I can also watch him and know when he was coming out, and I would leave the room before he came completely out. So, so he, he wouldn't know. So he wouldn't know I was standing there. Right. So otherwise, every day of his life, in the middle of the night, he would see me in the middle of the night standing over him. And how long nobody did you wants do that? that. No. Yeah. So I did that. I did that my whole childhood. Wow. Yeah. Um, he had seizures from as far back as I remember because he was older than me. So he had seizures before I was even. He started having them as a baby. Wow. And uh, that was pretty rough for me. Must have been. I, yeah, didn't, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know this. this I, uh, part. I wished, uh, I wish it was me instead of him. I, I would sit over here and I would cry a lot of times and look at him and say, uh, "I wish that he didn't have it anymore." And I would pray that because you saw the he, pain, so much pain he had. You no, know, he had pain. Uh, all he wanted in life was to find somebody that that would accept him that he had epilepsy and and get married and have a kid, and that's that's what he did. Eventually, he found a woman that. He found this girl, a Cuban woman, which was a, an awesome lady, and they got married. He had a kid, and a month later, he passed away. Oh my God! So, but uh, I don't know. I missed the guy. Yeah, what was his name? Anthony. Anthony Lee. Anthony Lee Baxter. Anthony Lee Baxter. Lee was my father's. My father's first name. What was your grandfather's name? The one my grandfather's name Wine was and the egg. I'm still stuck on that wine egg thing. Well, Salvatore. Yeah? Yeah, egg. nice. Yeah. They called him Sam, though. Sam? Sam? Yeah. Huh. That doesn't work for That's Sal. Italian. Well, though. when you grew up in, you grow up in, uh, in Italy and Sicily, and, and everybody's name is Salvatore. So everybody's got it. Yeah. <laughs> so they had the nickname. His father's name. Actually, the, the two names were Salvatore and Anthony. Uh, his father's name... My grandfather's father's name was Anthony. His father's name was was Salvatore, and so on, back and forth. Oh, yeah. The two names went back and forth. Huh. Now, my name should have been my name should have been Anthony instead of Salvatore because the firstborn should have been named Salvatore. Salvatore. Right. And but the year that my brother was born was Saint Anthony's. I bet. Well, my <laughs> uncle, my uncle Tony, was was an Anthony. He passed away. The mob, the mob killed him there in wow. uh, Brentwood. Are actually in the Bel Air, uh, so they can. They, they killed him, and then my mother uh, named my brother after the uncle. After, after the uncle, that yeah, passed away. Right. They, they that makes burned. sense. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, so my name should have been Anthony. Wow, you have been AnthonyPhotos.net. <laughs> <Is that true? laughs> Ant, Ant for sure. <laughs> Ant, 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 yeah, that's what I called my uh, brother, Ant. Ant, Ant, Ant. Ant. <laughs> So that kind of directly links to our next section, which is uh, the photography part, which is kind of how we met you, obviously. Uh, Why don't we listen to some music, and then we'll continue the, the photography section. All right, let's do that. All right, Sal, take us away. Uh, what are you going uh, to play for us today, Sal? Uh, well, now that I've talked about a lot of different things, uh, I, I had a song in mind, but now... It, I think it kind of changed because of my mood now has changed. That's cool. We'll play the songs and then we can talk about them after. How about that? All right. So I'm just going to play. Uh, I'm just going to play right here. Uh, it's called Lose Your Shit by Netbreaker.
And now a word from our sponsors. Yo, man, our band needs a new demo, but I don't want to pay through the ass for it. Bro, we've been playing a lot of gigs and we need to work on writing this album and we need our own monthly lockout. Hey, man, my grandma says we can't practice in the garage anymore. (laughs) Have any of your band members ever said some shit like this? We've got you covered. DHS Rehearsal and Recording is a full-service recording studio, hourly rehearsal space with monthly lockouts available, located directly next to the Doll Hut Live Music Venue in beautiful Anaheim, California. Centrally located right off the 5 Freeway in Lincoln Avenue. Open seven days a week. Give us a call at 714-855-2535 at 714-855-2535 or visit us online at dollhutstudios.com Facebook and Instagram at dollhutstudios Welcome back. You're listening to The Hodge Podcast, a journey through food, music, and travel, podcasting from beautiful West Anaheim, California at Doll Hut Studios. We are your hosts, Freddie and Phil, and we're here with our friend Sal. As you just heard, our guest today, Mr. Salvador J. Baxter of Salvador. Sal, what did we just hear? Uh, we heard Despair by A Pretty Mess. Okay, and then... The, I love A Pretty Mess. Yeah, they're good. They're awesome. Yeah. They're they're awesome. Yeah, I need I need to uh, shoot her more. She needs to get going back on her I, music here. Every time I have a show and I want to book, I book... I She's one of my top lists yeah. of people to message to hopefully get them on a show. They're so hard to book. I know. So hard to book. All right, so we're uh, gonna continue this uh, style Sal story here. Um, we talked about the beginning of the first, uh, I guess, half. Would you call it a half point? Uh, no, there's well, been a there's little, little there's, chapters. There's chapters, been a lot I guess. of chapters in my so, life. Yeah, um, <laughs> a lot of turning points in right. my life. <laughs> but we know you. We met you through the Sal's photography stage, and right. uh, that's that's a lot of stuff happened up to there. But I, so I think I met you at Rebel Radio. Yeah, that, that is what we meant. I you know, at Rebel Radio. I was, shooting, I was shooting behind the scenes at, at Rebel Radio. Yeah, and when that was when we first came to California, and we were in LA a lot and meeting people who say, "I'm a producer, I'm a blah blah blah." <laughs> and so when we met you, it was at uh, I was at Rebel Radio, and at that time we had met a lot of people who were, who all just talked a lot. And when I met you, I'm like, oh, this photographer thinks he's, like, thinks he's a photographer coming around taking pictures. Uh, so I didn't like you very much back then. But I was only for the first probably five minutes. And then after that, it was uh, history. That's because I probably had my camera in your face. Yeah, probably. Right? Or maybe not. Maybe I didn't have it in your face. Oh, yeah. Saying, I was like, what was take got? my picture. Why don't you take my picture? I think you've taken enough pictures of me. That I, 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 I had it stuff in in. Uh, in Alex's face, actually. Probably. Right. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Huh? Right and, in there. And then Freddie will stand on the side, jumping up and down, saying, shoot my picture. Over here. I'm <laughs> over here. We did a live thing. We played live, too, right? We did. It was a live. It was live, live uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were playing the... Uh, Perfect song or something. Perfect song yeah. and yeah. a few other songs. Country song or something. Yeah. So uh, when did this love of photography start? Like, when was it official? Like, you're a photographer now. Like, it, it really didn't start... It didn't get official until I actually bought the Canon uh, 30D. That I had, I shot like eight hundred thousand pictures with it. But uh, I was shooting with a point and shoot, and just like what everybody else was using before the, even before the cell phones was even happening. Uh, that happened only because I always had I always had a camera to shoot with because I, uh, in construction I always took pictures of oh, yeah, different photos. things. I took pictures of things that, that were happening in the field, and I could take the digital camera into the office and show them pictures of stuff. It was easier than dragging them out to the field, but but then when my kids started playing in high school, uh, I started p- taking pictures of, of them in their band and and then also the bands they were playing with. What year was that? Remember? Uh, I think around ninety eight. Okay. Yeah. Was that when Driven Out started or Driven Out started about ninety seven, maybe in high school, maybe there. Uh, I think Joe it was twenty was, years ago. Yeah, it was twenty years ago this year. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, so I started shooting digital 20 years ago. Actually, I think I was still shooting film back then. I had a, a film camera that I used to carry in my in my nail bags 
uh, on the job site, and I used to shoot film. Yeah, that's, I was yeah, shooting. Where are those pictures? Have you, film? Have you, I have a closet full of film at home. Oh, wow. That a lot of people haven't seen a lot of them shots. I haven't seen any of your and films. And I used to shoot uh, black and white, and I used to shoot uh, uh, panoramic. I mean, you used to shoot even before you got into the music scene. I've been shooting pictures since, since I was 10 years old. Exactly. And my first picture I, I shot, I was 10 years old. Maybe younger. Do you remember the picture? Yeah, I have it on my desk right in front of me. It's, Which it's, one is it? It's a picture of my brother when he was, uh, my younger brother, when he got confirmed as a Catholic. He's like catechism school. He just graduated from his class. <laughs> and the funny part about the picture is, I could post it one day on my website, but uh, there was a lady coming. I knew enough in the in taking the picture to wait for the subject to can to come into the frame. So I, I pointed the camera in the frame I wanted it to look. I framed it, and there was a lady walking across coming toward the frame, and I waited until she got in in the shot. I didn't, I didn't uh, like have a group her. of people. My brother was the main subject, but there was a space. I left a space there. There was an empty space where there was people in the background, but there was an empty space there that, that I waited until that lady got in that, that frame. And yeah. it was when I shot the picture. And I thought of, I thought of that at the age of ten, and I knew that I, I knew enough to think of that. And, and you I still didn't just randomly take a shot. I, and that's how you think till well, now. That's a, well, that's no, that's how you used to think with film because film was. Uh, more, you can't take it again. Yeah, I you, mean it's one. Right, exactly. It, it has to be more deliberate, and you have to know what you're shooting. But and, as a kid, you don't think about that. It's crazy that you thought about I did, that when you were I ten. Did. Yeah. Oh, because I wanted the the thing is, it wasn't the picture of my brother. I was trying to get. I was trying to get the a girl. picture of that lady. Ah. You know, comes out see my brother was <laughs> that hasn't changed yeah that's that, that, that has never changed <laughs> yeah. so like so it's been a while so what, what drives you like what's your thing that like uh you know 20 years of we we're talking what about drives the band me stuff is right now. i got on this 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 ball that uh, you know the old snowball effect and and i can't get off of this thing yeah yeah it, it it's a it has a life of its own and i'm part of this life um I feel like I'm part of it. Where I'm part of a scene. I'm not just a photographer that's shooting pictures. I'm I'm part of a this. Yeah, the photography already has its own snowball effect because once you start taking pictures, right? It, it creates, if you're not, it's weird. It's like yeah, oh, I'm right. missing. I'm not taking pictures, and then plus the scene thing. I'm which I'm, is the social the part. Thing is, of people is I'm I'm part of a scene. I'm not just a photographer shooting pictures of any particular band. I, I'm shooting the local scene in and. Uh, and it's it's not there's no really any particular band I like more than the next because I treat them all the same, at least I try to, and and then uh, I don't know I just feel like I'm part of something. He's well, you are history. because because um, you're 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 taking a picture and that, that that lasts forever, and people have a memorable show or a memorable event. And and you become part of that forever. Yeah, right. You, go, you I, could perform a song, to, and it's just for that moment. But I, I try to well, you try to capture as many moments as you can to lock to lock that in because there's photos that I take that that are documenting a particular moment that I'm not even aware that it's even happening. It, it happens when you shoot that when you take that picture. It right. automatically happens. And I think that all, and I don't know what's going on in, in you can't see what's going on no. in people's heads. You can't see. But you get to see stuff that's happening in shots. You can see an ash fall off a cigarette. You can see somebody taking a, a puff off a cigarette where it lights up glow. You can see, you know, people shaking hands or getting ready to shake hands. Sometimes the handshake isn't what you want. You want that spot be, before the handshake right before, yeah. because you know that they're gonna what they're gonna do. Yeah. Not what they're doing, but what they're gonna do. You can see it. You can anticipate things in, in photos too. You can see that something in a shot that you know the next thing in the next shot it's going to be in the next shot yeah right so from one shot to the next you're telling a story um do you feel like you have responsibility now as a photographer to oh. to do what you do oh, absolutely I, I i have to be i have to go to certain shows i have to go to all the time like i, I need to go to benefit shows uh, i need to go to bands that are playing their last song the last night of like what happened last weekend was the gears yeah uh the weekend the day before that show was actually a show at cafe nila which was also the gears where i i normally see that's where i normally see him at 
and and I wasn't going to shoot the gears at the Dull Hut the, uh, on Saturday. I was going to actually shoot them on Friday at, at Caffeinilla because of Cat Arthur, uh, which was legal weapon, was going to be playing. And that was the – it's always one band that tipped me, tipped me one way or the other to go to one, sh- one show or the other. And that was the show, and uh, four days before the sh- – four or five days before the show, Cat Arthur passed away. And so it made it where I was able to go to another show on, on Friday night and shoot that, and I was able to shoot gears at, on Saturday at the Doll Hut. But, yeah. So uh, how, many, uh, how, many, how many shows on a given, like, week you got to choose from? And then, like – how many do you go to? Um, well, I write down as much as I as much as I see on, and it'd be multiple dates of the same sh- same night. And I usually don't decide what show I'm going to until the night of the show. And like I was saying, it it's always comes down to one band or something the other. Happened. There's something there's something that happens at each show that that can tip me to go to that show or the or not. And it's usually some event. Yeah. Of somebody having their last show or their first show, or or a big show, important or, uh, show, yeah, or somebody hasn't played in a long time. Yeah. There's, there's always something that tips me one way or the other, even though there might be a better show somewhere else. Uh, but you do lots of double shows nights all the time. Sometimes I have, triple shows. Yeah, I know. Well, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday or Saturday was a triple show. I went to a daytime show. I went to a daytime show in Torrance. Uh, in the backyard party, and I only shot three bands, and one of them was my son's band, Gorilla, uh, Gorilla, Fist, Gorilla Fight. Fist Fight. Yeah, and then and then I ran out to the day, Doll Hut, and Doll Hut had uh, had a daytime show, a matinee show, in a in an evening show, and I shot both of those. So yeah, this is shot, all like within like an hour's drive, yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's crazy. That's why we live here in Southern California for the, for the music and try to get to all of it is almost impossible. But you gotta like pick. Uh, it's uh, sometimes it's real, um, real, real frustrating because I need to be at both places. Yeah, and there's nothing I can do. You gotta clone yourself. Yeah, well, that's why people. We're almost there. That's why people think I have a time machine because sometimes they see me at both shows the same night. Oh yeah, yeah. some yeah, people yeah. move like I do and they go from one show to another, and then you're already there, and I'm already there at the other. Like show. you've been there all night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when you go to a show with with you expect to talk to a thousand people and get stopped a thousand times to say hello. Uh, I, that's what I've noticed that, that everybody knows and goes out of their way to shake your hand. Well, I hug you. That was, the thing is, that's what I did from the start. I, when, as I met people, uh, as I met them, I, I made it an effort to actually shake their hands each time I seen them and you get to and, know who they and, are. As and people. I kept doing that over, over a period of time. You end up with a lot of people that you shake a lot of hands. Yeah. You know, I have people, Sometimes I go to places and there's like multiple hands out at the same time. I want to shake my hand at the of same course. time, and I have to shake whoever's closest or whoever <laughs> put their hand out first. Right. Even though the person next to me might have been, uh, might be closer, but his hand wasn't out first. The guy that was maybe two <laughs> steps away. So I, you shouldn't cross hands. By the way, do the Italians do that? No crossing. No, when you not, shake. it's a it's it's bad luck if hands cross when they get sh- when it's you two shake. handshakes and they're crossing over each other. Oh, yeah. That's bad that. luck. I'm sure the Italians do that. Same the with the Cipri- cheers when you cheers. The Armenians and the Cypriots do that. You don't cross that. cheers because that's bad. I see. Crossing. The Italians must have that. There's got to be something like that. Yeah, it's a Mediterranean thing. Just put an egg in it. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we ask you to bring a couple songs. We've played a couple more. Let's do one more song. Something that you makes you dance or whatever you want to say, well, you know, something that's cool. Or I want to, I actually want to play this song from uh, from Legal Weapon only because Cat passed away last on the fifteenth of uh, of this month, and uh, I want to play it in, in dedication of Cat uh, Arthur. I like that. Let's do it.
Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the Hodge Podcast, a journey through food, music, and travel. Podcasting from beautiful West Anaheim, California, at Dollhood Studios. We are your hosts, Freddie and Philip. Well, all right, we just uh, got back from our break, and uh, what did we just listen to, Sal? Daddy's gone mad by Lethal Weapon. Yeah, Daddy's gone mad. Daddy's gone mad. <laughs> all right so as you may so know this is called we are food. currently is, uh, okay no, hey, no we are currently in our uh stage of the show that is called food talk time right so hey, we should call it food coma time because right. we just ate a meal and i can't breathe through the through the <laughs> beauties of technology while you're listening to one song we cooked the full meal we ate it we took a break and now we're back and now and, our blood sugars are are, are kicking in and, and right yeah man okay. i mean as a lot of you know people know out there we love to cook and uh you know we don't eat out as we uh, we don't go to fast food mcdonald's and all that stuff well we, i'm on the other end of that you right, like to eat. I like to eat this is why we invited you sal because it's it's you are perfect to come on our show because you do all the music you do the travel and you do the food yeah. right it plus, was meant to be that's what i told <laughs> phil we'll start off tomorrow again for breakfast so what's your favorite food sal uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have favorite food. Like if you uh, if you're on the well, menu, here, one of those diner places with everything on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you mean like a buffet or something? No, I, I like a good I like a good ribeye steak. You know, but you know, there's not that much of it anymore. It's too expensive. Right. Um, there isn't a real. I don't really have favorite food. What about when you were a food kid? For me, it's just uh, it, it's a process. You know, I I just. So I'm, glad when, it's, I'm glad when it's done. <laughs> I want to eat so now. Chore yeah, it, yeah. Well, sometimes it's a real chore, but uh, I have been cooking more over the last few years, uh, living by myself, and and uh, mainly because I had no money and I had to cook at home. But uh, <laughs> what about a dessert? Like if you're at the restaurant, someone else is paying. I'm not a dessert person. I know, but you got to pick some. I mean, you know, you know uh, like, a good cheesecake is good. Oh, cheesecake. Yeah, that's good. That's cool. I like the. I'll tell you what Sal's likes. What, what is there, that? There's like? things I don't purposely don't have in my house because I know that you if just they were, it. I'd just eat it all day long. Sal likes olives. He'll eat those a handful, what? Uh, bowls full. Yeah. He likes potato chips. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't carry those. It in isn't the house. necessarily the chips. It's more of a, anything crunchy. Pistachios, uh, pist- nuts, almonds. Are, yeah, those are good for you. It it's a uh, the crunchiness thing. I like to. I guess I like to hear my food. <laughs> Your auditory thing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so today we made something that's not on our normal food list that we make. Um, it's uh, except you know it's just because it's uh, you know we stick to the healthier kind of foods and stuff. But today we had some uh, bacon because it was homemade, and uh, I, I made I made it with uh, our good friend Jeff. Who's been uh, sneaking uh, little bags of bacon that he makes here and there? It was a ginger, ginger, uh, garlic, ginger garlic bacon. It was really good. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. It was some kind of. It was a, you. You call it a BLT? You know that we made, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then Freddie made us a nice salad. Uh, what'd you put in the salad? Uh, we put some beets in there, some avocado, some uh, mixed greens, uh, cucumber, Thousand Island dressing, cu- cucumber. Was it ranch dressing or what? No, no. no? Uh, our dressings are always usually gar- uh, garlic, fresh garlic with uh, olive oil and uh, red wine vinaigrette and some uh, fresh squeezed lemon. Some salt? Some, some Himalayan salt. Himalayan. What do uh, you think about the food, Sal? Um, I, f- I feel a lot better eating food like that you guys cook than this food I eat. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it was all fried the, the, today, no, kind the, of? No, the food I eat, kind of, I feel kind of almost dead after I'm through. Oh, yeah, no, that's the opposite feeling yeah, they, you're supposed to get. <laughs> yeah, I like eating food that makes me feel alive when I get through eating. Cool. You know, and that's what I eat here in my house, I don't. Yeah, we made all sweet potato fries, too. I made yeah. some of those. That was good. That was good. Double Delicious. fried them in uh, coconut and olive oil. No uh, canolas. No, no canola canolas. in this house. It's good. It feels good. We were full though. We we're a lot. We we ate a lot. Some Ita- that Italian bread was really good. Big ass loaves of bread. Yeah. So when you I were, can't even breathe right now. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> when you were a kid, it was there a food that you hated, but you had to eat it. Uh, it's funny because we had it in tonight's meal. Uh, oh. Beets. I would really? not. I would not eat beets. I didn't start eating beets until uh, until I started this garden in the backyard. Up to oh, the last really? Year. No way. Yeah. I haven't ate beets for 60 years. Wow. Or 58 years. That's crazy. You know, when I was a kid, I actually 
I was forced to eat a plate of beets and I threw up. I my was forced to. I was forced to eat spinach one time, and I threw up in the plate, and it started to barf for rama in the <laughs> because I threw uh-huh. up, and my mother threw oh, up, and yeah. my brother smelled it, or we my had brother looked once. at it, and he threw up, yeah. and it, then the smell in the room was nothing but vomit. Yeah. Smell. <laughs> that's funny. When did that? What happened to us once? And I had a split. It started actually started by when I spit it out of my mouth. I spit it out of my mouth first, and then I got sick. But while I was getting sick. Before I threw up, my mother hit backhanded me of course. and hit Classic. my lip and split my lip, and oh then the blood fell out of me. God. Was dripping out of my lip into my Jeez. plate, and that's what made made me feel sick because I it's I looked blood. at the spinach on the plate. It was all bloody spinach, and there's blood dripping on top of it. <laughs> oh, Jeez, and then I got sick, and I that's where. It Do you started. eat spinach now? Uh, I think you've had it with us before. Yeah. I've, I'll eat, I'll eat Actually, there was some spinach cook, in the salad today. Cooked spinach with like vinegar or something. I don't really. I don't know. Lemon. I don't know what they. There was spinach I wouldn't eat. <laughs> just like straight up steam, uh, steam spinach, spinach. With, I don't know. Like vinegar on top. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. However, my mother made it. I didn't like it. <laughs> um. I'm so full <laughs> right now. I can't even think. Is this uh, yeah okay? Um, I guess this is the part where we didn't realize now. that we would talk about food after we yeah. ate, and we would be just too the breath- slow. The breathing, the like <laughs> we're all breathing yeah. harder. I gotta, lo- I gotta loosen my belt. Yeah, I gotta loosen the belt. Um, what's what is the weirdest food you've ever eaten? We we probably made it. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. It's a weird like chicken uh, hearts or something. Uh, I don't know. I, I know here's the weirdest thing that ever happened to me with food. The first time I went out to eat a lobster, I okay. went to a restaurant. We were, I was with another couple, and uh, we all they, everybody ordered lobster. And when it came to my, when it came and when they put that lobster in front of me on my plate, I looked at it and I decided not to eat it. Now I was going to eat it at home. But I was watching how people were breaking it up and, and eating it. It looked real barbaric, you know, and, and I just I wasn't into doing that that night. And I figured I'd just take it home and uh, eat it at home. And yeah, in your own comfort. And it started a thing in the restaurant that it, it got it got to the point where the cook actually came out to my table. <laughs> because the people next to me see me not eating my, my lobster wondering and, why. and then wondering why I wasn't eating the lobster. And they said, why is that guy sitting here not eating his lobster? And it started this chain reaction in the, in the, in the store. <laughs> this I guy mean, must in, know his in lobster. In the restaurant where it actually got to the cook and the cook actually came out to find out how come you're not eating the lobster. And I'm just saying it's no big deal. I just, I'm trying to make this, I was trying to make this as, as discreet as possible, but I just decided to eat it at home. There's nothing wrong with your lobster. But people were saying, what's wrong with the... There's people in the restaurant, the other side of the restaurant, saying, what's wrong with the lobster? Don't eat the lobster. Something's wrong with the lobster. (laughs) You put them out of business. So I never never, never ate that lobster. I took the lobster home that night, and it sat in my fucking refrigerator and rotted in the refrigerator. I never ate ate that lobster. I eat lobster now. Of course. But it was just that my first time eating lobster, it was a, it was a pretty That's bad experience. Funny. My wife was pissed. My, the, the, it, that couple that went with us never went out to dinner with us. Oh, <laughs> my God. Why would you not eat your lobster? The I, I, no, Fresh I, I had every you didn't know how to eat it? I had every intention. I never ate one before. So you didn't know how to eat you it? Just, I really didn't know how to eat it. But I never, I intended to eat it at home. After, <laughs> after I looked I was, at it and said, I don't feel like doing this right now. I don't feel like just like get, busting get, this all up. I, I didn't want to work. To have to eat. <laughs> I just wanted to have food there. Give the man I his just, food. I just wanted to eat that food. I didn't want to have to do, like disassemble it to, to eat it. Uh, well, it's safe to say that uh, you're probably going to be coming for another second or third round of uh, the Hajj uh, Good. podcast because we're, we're going past our hour here. <laughs> I think but so. it's cool, you know. Um, so, so uh, Sal, what are some parting words you'd like to leave our nomads who are listening right now? Maybe to the people who are too busy with work and they just uh, can't get themselves out of bed, go see a show or meet some friends. Like, what kind of what would you tell them? Uh, I know that, like for example, what happened while we were eating dinner tonight? Uh, somebody hit me up and say, "Hey, Sal, when's the photos going to be posted?" Well, I already posted them, so if they pay attention to their Facebook page. They'll notice that Sal posted the pictures. 
Now, I shoot roughly from Thursday to Sunday, and then I edit Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I post, and I'm back out shooting again. So if people haven't figured out by now, I'm on a routine where I do this on a weekly basis. So on a weekly basis, people can go to my website, and not only that they can see the pictures, but they can see all the pictures that I've shot the last 14 years straight on this website. And they're all in order. Would you say like routine is the key here? Like, routine, and, uh, and consistency. Like overall for people to like do, you want to do stuff. You, you know, know like, the sooner they get to the photos, the easier they are to find. I mean, if they wait a few weeks, I'm just going to bury that page and then it's going to go on to the next page. So, so uh, go to salsphotos.net, check those photos out. If, if I, when you see me shooting on Thursday, the, the pictures won't be ready until the following Thursday. It's usually a week, and I post consistently on a week, on a week, weekly basis. What What, what are some, uh, uh, how, if you wanted to tell people, like inspire people, you already do inspire people, but there's a lot of people who, who have things to do and, and they don't do it because of X, Y, and Z. And you're, you're showing that you're going out there and you're following your passion. And you created your own path to, to, you, to what you like to do, whether... You've had struggles. We've all had struggles and ups and downs, but you actually still go out there and make it happen. Your camera breaks, you fix it. You 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 find a way through it. And there's people out there who who one thing goes wrong and it's the end of the world, or they just lose motivation, or they lose their way and they just stay at home and and watch Netflix all night long. The do the, you know the number one thing that's in our way is ourselves, right? Correct. If we can't, yeah. If, if we don't do it, nobody else is going to do it for us. That's and it ain't going to get done unless we, if we want to do something, it, it's, it's got to stop talking about it and just do it. Exactly. You know, more talk, less action. It ain't going to get more, done. Less talk, more action. So how do you get past the thing where you decide you want to do this, you're going to do this, now I'm going to do this, like right this and time, do it. and then you, you just, don't. What What do you do there? What You don't, what's what's the extra push? How do you push when, you, well, there's days, we all have them. We're just like I do not want to do this. Well, we're all well, you, most of us want. are most of us are creatures of habit. We are, we have automatic things that happen to us on a daily basis that puts us in a habit form. We have the sun comes up and the sun goes down. Right. Well, yeah. we get up in the morning and we put our feet on the floor and that's consistent. What do you the do? Brush. Left foot first? What is it? No, but there is something I do. <laughs> there is something I do when I put my shoes on. I put my left shoe on before I put my right shoe on, and it, I've been doing that my whole life. And and it won't happen any other way. And and sometimes I uh, I put that shoe, tried to put the shoe on, and realized, hey, I'm putting the wrong shoe on first. And I've taken the I've taken the shoe off the foot <laughs> because it was the wrong shoe. That's, I mean, that's the device right there. I, I don't remember what how it got started that way, but just put uh, the right shoe on first. No, I put the left shoe on. I mean, the right I the mean, right left shoe on. The right, left, the right shoe. left shoe. What about flip flops? <laughs> Flip-flops? Uh, flip-flops. Casual wear, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I step. You step you into just step, Yeah, you kind of slip into them. Whatever. Kind of just two feet at the same whatever time. Whatever the most available <laughs> foot is to the closest shoe, that's when you put that one on. Uh, uh, that makes sense. Oh, well, I think that's our show, folks. Yeah, I mean, it's been perfect to have you, Sal. Uh, Sal, thanks for being here it's for been, our first guest. Thanks for the having show. me. It's it's very fitting because I mean we've known each other for seven years now. Seven years. Yeah. And we've gone through a lot together. Uh, the three of us, and as well as other people, part of this team, and uh, it's been we've experienced a million and one kinds of ex- life experiences together, whether it's being broke, hungry, you know, feasting, uh, laughing, crying. We've done it all, and it's been really yeah. nice. And that's why we wanted you to be our first guest. Um, I've cried to one of your songs before. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember that. I do remember in the jam room. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't an emotional thing. It, it was a, it, it felt like a, a frequency that hit, hit my, my inner soul. Yeah. And uh, it, it teared me up. The downtown rehearsal. Wasn't it's it? only happened to me like three times in my life. And it happened one time uh, listening to one of your songs. Is this at the old studio Listus? Yeah, the old, yeah, the yeah, old the studio Listus, Listus, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good times. We yeah. went through a lot. I don't remember back. what song. Do you remember what song that was? Um, I do not. Maybe it was the ending of a uh, long song or one of the new songs that's going to supposedly come on our next album. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Klepto song, that's for sure. Yeah, it was a yeah, Klepto, it was song. A Klepto it, song. It wasn't the, at the downtown rehearsals when we were jamming that one time? No, it was, it was at Alistis. No, it was at Alistis. Okay. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. 
It was a long, long time ago. Well, folks, thank you all for tuning in uh, to the Hodge Podcast, uh, Journey Through Food, Music, and Travel. Uh, We're coming to you live from beautiful West Anaheim, California at Dollhouse Studios. Please visit southphotos.net. He was our first guest today on our first official uh, podcast show. Uh, It was a blast. The Hodge means a pilgrimage, and this is a story we're here to give to you. A small taste of our travels, music, and the beautiful people we encounter. Till next time, everyone. Goodbye. Salud. Palev. Nice to Salam alaikum. Ciao. Adios. Arrivederci. All the best. All the best.